from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. And with that, your Chiefs are back on track. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. We're brought to you today by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's there to get you ready for every game, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through games and become a member of the League of Football Watchers, those passionate fans that are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. We are here post-game with you. The Chiefs have just concluded their big matchup. Matt Derrick's going to join us here in a minute, but we have some things to get to. We have uh, not only uh, game balls that we'll give out at the end of the show, but a lot of observations about what was a really unique game from them. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, and you can watch me over on RGR Football. Time for Clark. Thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. And welcome to a 5-1 and one team that is your Kansas City Chiefs. 5-1, and one, man. I mean, this is about where we had placed them before. I think we were both a little bit nervous about this game, but I actually had them winning it to begin with. I can't remember, did you? I don't remember if I had them winning this game or not. I think that this is a game that I could have looked at as a loss. And I do think that, you know, you look at this game and with it being on a Thursday night in Buffalo on a short week, I do think that I would have looked at this as possibly being a loss. I also didn't know how well the Bills were going to be playing the first four weeks compared to how they played the last two. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, this is uh, you can never really tell. That's why you play the games, right? Uh, I think the weather played a factor. We'll ask Matt about that. A uh, couple of of big things, changes on the offensive line, the Huge running changes. backs, yeah, enormous. It wasn't just the one that uh, really caught us all off guard that we'll talk about with Matt. But uh, what the ripple effect was is that they they had to play with an offensive line that wasn't quite there. Clearly, their game plan was run based for the first time really since week one. Uh, I think maybe it was emphasized with the weather, but did that surprise you that against this team? that they were trying to just get back to the basics and run the ball? You know, I wonder if it was weather-related. I wonder if it was the offensive line-related. Because you look at the players that they had in there, the question would become, do they feel comfortable with them pass-blocking as much? Uh, Weather-wise, this was a perfect game for them to be running the ball as much as they did. So, you know, in that regard, I understood it. But at the same time, like I said, I mean, you still expect Andy Reid to throw the ball and do screens and little dump-off passes that – he kind of counts as runs and we really didn't see much of that. Yeah, really didn't. And I, I, that's why I wonder if it didn't start out that way as a plan. And it just got because of the rain to be a thing that, Hey, we're just going to continue to do this. And it certainly worked out in their favor. I, I personally enjoyed it quite a bit, probably my favorite game of this season to this point, but um, here's just, of course, you know, it is, but there, there are some controversies too. Uh, a couple of calls that went not the right way. A couple of things that, the Chiefs really fumbled on themselves late in this in the first half, going into the second. Some missed opportunities there, but nothing that cost them the game this time. So I think that there are some positives to take away there too. And, and as we saw here just a couple of minutes ago at the end of the game, old Dan Sorensen picked himself a pass uh, from the nickel linebacker spot. Something we've talked about in the past that playing single high isn't really his thing. But uh, kudos to Dan Sorensen too. I just wanted to get that out there early. <laughs> and you have to wonder if he took an interception away from uh, Bashad Breeland because I thought Breeland was going to get that pick. Uh, Josh Allen had to throw the ball up, and I get it. He was just trying to make a play, trying to give his team a chance. So you can't fault him for that. Uh, you look at you know the way that this team played and the way that they played the entire game. I'm sure you really enjoyed watching Travis Kelsey as almost a uh, fullback at times. Oh, it was beautiful. I hope they do it over and over and over, to tell you the truth. I 
I wouldn't be opposed to it as long as they start doing something where it's not so predictable that they're going to run the ball. Because they never passed out of that set. Yeah, and I think maybe it was because they didn't have to. I certainly agree with you. Not only do they have to, but I think they really will be able to as well. There's a way to get them up the field. You could stretch the seam from that position. I mean, quite frankly, it's it's also a nice thing because it's also what you can do with Le'Veon Bell when he returns, who I think he had an influence on this game without being on the field because the running back certainly felt the push from his signing. It is not often that you get to say that, but I thought we saw a great game from Clyde Edwards-Lair, obviously. 26 carries, 160 yards on the ground. Uh, Tara Williams had a very good game at times as well. A couple of play calls didn't go his way late that I thought really put him behind the eight ball, but this is what it comes down to. And my biggest takeaway, Pat Mahomes didn't look like he was forcing things tonight like we've seen in the last couple of weeks, and I thought that really gave them the edge in the bad weather. Yeah, and he struggled early on. The first couple of throws he had were a little off, and I think he adjusted to the to the wet ball, and that's kind of what you have to do as a QB. Josh Allen never looked like he adjusted in this game, and uh, I think that really hurt his team, and he's got to figure that out, especially in Buffalo. Uh, I was overall impressed by the running game. I do think that you have to look at specific running plays and say that you can't just put a running back in there and call whatever running play you want. You need to use what they do best. Darrell Williams is not a guy that you do a pitch to. You you give him the ball in the middle of the field and go, have him go get the yard that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's fair. I thought they mixed it up to pretty good effect, though, and clearly the offensive line was a big factor. On the backside of this, we're going to get right with Matt and get into that and see what the changes really came from. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for the game no matter how you watch. Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through this game and all the others to become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are our generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Well, it is week six, and the Chiefs have bounced completely back at this point in a very unusual way. We have Matt Derrick with us tonight. Hey, Matt, uh, you didn't see this coming, did you? No, I, I didn't see this game coming in a lot of different ways. I mean, I thought it would be pretty high scoring. Um, wasn't that? I mean, the Chiefs defense, for the most part, really shut down the Bills. Um, and just the run game, the way that the Chiefs did it, didn't see that coming. So I, I guess this was kind of a little message to Le'Veon Bell to say, hey, what? You know, we can run the ball without you. Yeah, yeah. Don't get too swole yet. It's going to be all right. I, I at first thought um, they were going to definitely try to reestablish it with Clyde Get Going. I didn't think it was going to be to this kind of occasion, but um, I thought that the weather actually played into that plan and probably emphasized it more. Chris, was that along your thinking as well? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that this was a good game of running the ball from Kansas City, although I do think that Kansas City needs to, and Reed specifically, I guess, needs to figure out that there are some things Daryl Williams does well and uh, pitch plays are not one of them. Yeah, the, the definitely be, everyone has their strengths, right? But I thought on the whole, uh, he ran pretty well for that evening. Certainly, they were not bashful about calling it. Matt, when you look back at this with the addition of, of Le'Veon Bell coming, um, is this turning over a new leaf or is this Andy just making a point? Uh, I think it's probably just Andy making a point. I mean, I, I think they clearly thought that this was a, a defense that they could run the football against, obviously, whether they have a, a Le'Veon Bell back there or not. But I think what you saw from Edward Hilaire tonight is exactly the kind of back that the Chiefs think that he can be and really isn't going to be affected too much by, by Bell arriving, which is that, you know, he can run between the tackles. He can run it effectively between the 20s. 
It's the red zone. It's the short yardage plays. That's where, you know, I think that Le'Veon Bell is going to make the biggest impact. And uh, you put that tandem on the field together, then, yeah, I think this team's got a really special backfield. I have to say really quick, the thing that really surprised me about this game, other than the offensive line, which we do need to talk about, Travis Kelsey going into almost a fullback type role. Uh, that really shocked me. And I'm wondering why they didn't have anything coming out of it other than just straight running the ball when he was in that position. Yeah, I'm guessing it's a little bit just the the short timing of it. I mean, they only really had a week to put together some things about he could do, um, maybe f- replacing a little bit of what Anthony Sherman did. I mean, I think we saw a little bit of uh, Kaiser playing a little bit of that role too. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there was probably just a little bit of just, hey, here's how much can we do on the short preparation, knowing that we're going to be playing this game without it. Anthony Sherman. And it also it sets it up later for comeback with Wildcat. It sets it up for what you can do with Bell in the fold. You don't necessarily have to block with that back guy, so I think it keeps everybody on their toes. I love the fact that they did it, whether they ended up using the extra wrinkle that is probably in the book already or not. I think it sets them up for the future. But I, for one, uh, Matt was completely surprised that we've talked about the offensive line and how um, <laughs> loyal to the point of stubbornness Andy and Andy have been. Uh, the the change to Kilgore without any preamble at all really caught me off uh, guard. Do you get the sense that that was anything temporary or something permanent? I mean, that's not the kind of move that Andy's going to make necessarily just on a temporary basis. Either either of the Andys. I mean, if they do that, it's usually something that they're they're planning to stick with. So unless there was a last second injury of some sort or was an issue with Ryder that that caused Daniel Kilgore to go ahead and make the start. I'm guessing that that might be just what we're going to see for the future. And, you know, in retrospect, I don't know that the offensive line performance should surprise us that much because remember last week, the Raiders owned the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. When we talked about that and I have absolutely no doubt from, you know, being around this team over the last few years that when they get pushed around, like they did last week against the Raiders, that following week is not good for the for the lines. And I think you saw that. I mean, because that I bet they got lit up and lit into this last week on both the defensive and offensive lines. And because you saw, I mean, almost from the get go, that offensive line trying to establish its dominance and, and pushing guys around. That's exactly what happens after you after you get beat like they did last week and then have to go through an Andy Reid and an Andy Heck practice week, because I'm sure they let those guys hear it. Well, I- I got to say real quick, the one thing that I wonder is from what I saw from Allegretti, and I'll have to go back and watch some of the snaps again, but from what I saw from Allegretti, I think he needs to stay at left guard uh, even if Schwartz comes back. I don't think Rimmers deserves to be in there, at least from what I saw from Allegretti in this game. I thought he played very well. Yeah, I mean, we're always going to need to see more um, in a short period. You know, somebody comes in, uh, you know, there's a lot of adrenaline. Sometimes it can go both ways. I mean, sometimes the player in a situation like that can can look really rough because they're not prepared. And sometimes they can come in and maybe just play a little bit over their heads. I mean, I thought Allegretti certainly held his own tonight. Um, probably helped that the entire offensive line was playing at a very high level. So let's see what happens. Um, yeah, back injuries with Mitchell Schwartz. I mean, obviously he tried to give it a go tonight. That's a concern. I mean, we'll see what it's happened going forward. But that's certainly an option because, I mean, Rimmers is their fifth guy. Rimmers is their fifth guy. And it would seem to make the most sense that if Schwartz is not going to be in there, I mean, Rimmers is going to be on the right side. It does make sense. And I'll tell you, if that is the way that it goes, and I can't think that it's 
it's anything less than a serious concern that Mitch Schwartz will miss continued time because he hasn't missed any time ever to this point. So the fact that he goes out, I think that's really significant. And the overall d- dimension of what it does to the offensive line, I think the key is with Allegretti and Wiley in there with now Kilgore, I think it not only makes you different at the tackle, but clearly the interior three now have a much nastier streak than what we've seen the group of three in the past. That's what helps in the run game. Now, this is one Bills game, but you got to think that this is something they feel that with these three, they should be able to do going forward, right, Matt? Yeah, and you're right. I mean, you know, and, and Kilgore's interesting because he's not necessarily always been the the biggest run blocker, but he's got some nastiness to him, and you're right. I mean, I, I thought that with Assembly out there, I mean, I thought that really kind of brought out the nastiness in Wiley, having a couple of those guys out there like that. Um, if Wiley can maintain that and hey, maybe he does help bring out that nastiness in some of the other guys. And I think Allegretti's got a little bit of that in him too. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, let's see how that line's formulated going forward. Um, the, the problem being and the challenge being is that that's going to be a real disruption in chemistry and chemistry on the offensive line is a real thing. So, you know what? This might be something that you can, you can, you can kind of maintain for a while with adrenaline and, and everybody just trying to, you know, keep the show going. But in the long run, that could be something that causes some issues down the road. You know, I have to look at this game and I have to say that I did not expect Kansas City to run the ball like they were able to. And obviously, great game by Clyde. Uh, but also, I liked what I saw from Thompson. Uh, I know he hasn't touched the ball since he fumbled, but I liked what I saw from him when he was able, when he was in there and he was running. Hard to believe that Levy and Bell start showing up and everybody starts running hard. <laughs> no <laughs> correlation there, is there? Right. I mean, and we teased this on Twitter. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? These, not only the offensive line after getting reamed, which we expect, but the running backs feel the heat from a former all pro joining the roster. Everybody ran angry. Everybody ran motivated. And I think, again, when we look back at the Raiders week, that was just something we didn't see. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's absolutely true. I mean, these guys had to absolutely know that Bell showing up. I mean, someone's not going to eat. And, and I mean, it's not just even carries. It's a job at this point. I mean, you know, we would certainly think that the Chiefs would probably carry one less running back. And you absolutely saw, I think, a pretty determined group out there. Give credit to the offensive line. Absolutely. I mean, I think that they played well. You don't rush for that many yards without your offensive line playing well. But everyone in that backfield ran hard. And it's hard not to draw a straight line between that and the fact that they're trying they're trying to play to impress right now. Well, a lot of people have to impress. There are other things that we have to look at, some good, some bad. A lot of impressions going on out there. When we get on the backside of this one, we'll get into some of the finer details. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use on important things like mortgage and food and daily occurrences like that. There's a lot that goes into your life, and why would you want to spend 30 50 or even 100% more on the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new dealership when you can go to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. I can attest to this. I really did like the Rock Auto site when I was looking for something for my car a couple of weeks ago. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com 
are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much as for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? They know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. There are a ton of things that build walls in my life. Time is hard to come by. And when I need to break through, Built Go is something that helps me get through it. Whether it's a mental or a physical wall, break through with Go every day. They're easy one and a half ounce packages that fit anywhere in your pocket, in your briefcase, in your backpack. And Go's the best workout gel on the market. It's five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. And there's three brand new delicious flavors. I absolutely love the peanut butter honey, and I also enjoyed the chocolate mint. So you need to check these out. These are absolutely delicious. Bill Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Bill Go is loaded with the good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Bill Go then kicks to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentages. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BillGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BillGo.com. Let's go. Now there are some hits and misses. I thought the defense stepped up in general. Still some uh, missed plays in the secondary. I think that's not all the way locked down, but the front seemed in particular, Matt, early to be coming after it pretty hard. Yeah, that was certainly what was missing against the Raiders last week. Um, they definitely got after Allen early. Uh, seemed like maybe it let up a little bit in the second half. And, you know, hey, maybe that's some of that was just the, the fatigue. Certainly the weather, I'm, I'm sure, played a factor going after going after Allen all night long in that rain has to be just absolutely grueling for the defensive line. And a lot of times those situations do favor the offense. So maybe that was part of it, but no, they got some serious hits on Josh Allen, especially in that first half. And that's what you got to do. So I think you definitely saw more of that attitude, and more nastiness and it, and it translated. I mean, Allen 14 to 27, 122. Uh, that's the worst game that we've seen from him since really probably his rookie season. Um, they made him look terribly uncomfortable all night long, and that's what they had to do. There were some rough plays in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you're seeing some of the rust still with Bashad Breeland. Um, but hey, the the, def- the secondary looked better, I think, than they did against the Raiders because the front four looked better. Yeah, and while they didn't really get home on Josh Allen, I thought that the front four did look a lot better. They were at least pressuring him. They were making a move. Uh, I thought he got away with a... What should have been intentional grounding, in my opinion, but uh, you know the refs really weren't throwing flags on the Bills most of the game, and I think that really uh, was really questionable all the way into the third quarter. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with the officials tonight. That was a, a rough game all around. I mean, it seemed like they were just blowing calls left and right. Some of them big, some of them small. I mean, it was nothing that was, I think, going to change the course of the game. Um, but hey, maybe it made that game a little bit closer because it did seem some of the questionable calls did go against the Chiefs tonight. The one thing I was I was almost waiting for was them to find a way to say that Clyde didn't have his knee down or that the ball was moving before his knee touched the ground. I mean, I was even thinking at 23-17 that this was the most lopsided six-point game I've ever seen. And that brief second that you're thinking, good grief, the, the Bills are going to have a chance to take the lead when they've just been absolutely getting themselves beaten all night long. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, once you saw that that knee was down, I mean, I had a hard time figuring out how the officials were going to blow that one. But I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you saw everything happened all night long. You certainly had to hold your breath a little bit until they came back with that call. Well, and there was there was some holding of the breath earlier in the game as well because I'll give them this: they ran at times pretty well. The thing for me that the biggest plays that Josh Allen had with his legs were on those design runs that still were feeding through the middle of the line. So there's still, despite the front four, there's still problems with the linebackers filling holes and attacking that because at that point with a lead block, Allen's basically an eye back. You know, this is going to come back, come across kind of callous, and I don't mean it that way. But Brian Dable, I mean, he calls a really good game plan, and that's the kind of game plan that you can only call when you don't care what happens to your quarterback because <laughs> he's paying, he was clearly having no concerns whatsoever about Josh Allen getting his butt kicked all night because he was putting him in that position, whether it was in, it was in the passing game, but certainly that run game. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can put your quarterback in that kind of a, a, a place to take hits like that and be in that spot. Unless it's just a, you know what you're, you feel like your quarterback's expendable because you're not going to see Patrick Mahomes taking that many hits. Yeah, I just absolutely could not believe they kept running the ball like that with Allen. I said on Twitter, and I'll say it again, if teams are going to be allowed to get free shots on Allen like that, they need to make him pay. Uh, and I'm not trying to be dirty about it, but you can't run your quarterback like that and expect him not to get hit. So uh, that's definitely a play that you need to take advantage of as a defense. And I'm not saying play dirty, but make it hurt. I mean, he is a big, strong guy. I mean, it's deceptive when you see the broadcast. He's a big dude. I mean, he's pushing Cam Newton's size in terms of being able to absorb some punishment. You don't want to, absolutely, but I think that goes a long way. The fact that for all my complaints about making sure you hit your run fits and you carry out your assignments, he was their leading rusher. So the the combo of Moth and Singletary didn't take the the toll that it could have. So more power to him. But as this is a stepping board, Matt, for going forward, I, I think clearly the offense can use it, but the defense can use it too. They still have to figure some things out, and I think at times the play call is a little bit off. When you're trying to prevent and you're you're calling these blitzes that expose something for a long play, the turn there from the end of the second quarter on through the beginning of the first half, I thought was a little discombobulated. Yeah, and you know, you're, you're talking about how the team can take this going forward. I mean, to me, it brings us back to something we talked about during the offseason, which is how does this key, team keep its edge? And that's the real difficult thing to me. And I think we've seen the good and the bad of that. When this team is playing with that edge, when it's playing with an attitude, I don't think there's a team in the league that can beat it because we've seen what they've done to the Ravens. We've seen what they've done to the Bills. They can beat the best in the league when they're playing with that edge. When they don't, teams are going to snap, come up and bite, bite them. They don't. They can do that. They'll show that. So this team's going to figure out how it can play with that edge throughout an entire season. I mean, it's... You know, it's a it's a delicate line to balance because you can't necessarily do it for 17 games knowing that you're going to have three or four more at the end of the season. You know, you got to let up on the whip sometimes. But, you know, this team's you know, it's it's a different beast now that you don't have that carrot that you're out there chasing that Super Bowl every single week. Now you got to get that motivation from somewhere else. And, you know, I mean, we've seen it once again. I mean, when this team gets its edge and its attitude and plays with it, there's not a team in the league that can beat them. And the thing that really worried me about this game, and uh, obviously Kansas City wins by nine points, that's great. Uh, wasn't double digits, but it was pretty close. Should have been double digits. But I think the thing that worried me about this game was 
of all the games that you would expect them to get up and have that edge for, this is the game I would expect it to be. It's a primetime game. You're on national television, and you're going up against a team that's 4-1 and one and leading their division. So for them not to have that edge, it, it has me a little concerned. Uh, I do think that they're still in the driver's seat. I said earlier on Twitter, the combined record of the rest of their teams that they play, they play teams with three three winning teams right now and a 22-33 and 33 record as as of right now. Yeah, they've got a stretch over the next few games, three or four weeks here where, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be hard to try to find that motivation because they've got some really dog teams coming on this schedule. Um, and, and, you know, hey, the, you know what? They could probably play their C game or D game against the Jets and still win that one. But, you know, you got you to gotta keep your edge because, you know what? You get to that end of November, December schedule, things change. I mean, it's going to get tougher. And you can't just always shut it, you know, turn it off and then turn it back on again. So this is an interesting stretch of the season. But I will say this. I think it was important for the Chiefs to take advantage of this game because the circumstances changed in their favor. I mean, playing this game on a Thursday night in Buffalo, I still say, I mean, that was almost, I guarantee that as a loss. I mean, that was the one game preseason that I said, there's just no way the Chiefs win this game. The fortunes change in their direction. They end up with the Monday game. You got to take advantage of that. And they did. And that's a big deal. It certainly is. And at the overall, uh, you may be taking somebody lightly the week before getting back on track. I think this is definitely a springboard that they have to rely on the guys that are putting out and being able to maintain that edge. And so that brings us at the end of the day, after a win, we get to give out game balls. So, Matt, what's what's the key? Who gets the game ball from you? You know what? I mean, it's cop out. I'm going to give it to the offensive line. I mean, you know what? I think they battled through some adversity and they got some things done tonight. So for me, uh, this is kind of a strange one, but. I saw a big step out from this guy, not only early in the game, but all, all game long. And it, it in both versions, this was a game that was determined on the run game tonight. I think Derek Nottie took himself into another level, another echelon. And I hope the Chiefs pay him before they have a, a bigger payday coming for him. And I can definitely see that. I would also say that you could probably give a game ball to Clyde uh, and he would deserve it. But I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to give my game ball to Travis Kelsey. And the reason I'm going to give my game ball to Travis Kelsey is because uh, yes, he had a fumble and that was a bad play on his part, but those two touchdowns were huge plays and his play on what was it? Second and eight uh, in the fourth quarter, his catch, that was fantastic. That only happens because he was fully concentrating on that ball and he brought it in and he converted and that got them in field goal range. Yeah. That's an all pro play. There, there absolutely was. And I think that it was talked about during the broadcast that they rushed to the line because they didn't want to have a chance to review it. But just watching that, he had his hands on the ball. There's no way that was getting overturned. Yeah, I mean, that was really impressive. And especially when you take a, a step back. And yes, there was no Sammy here, but he was the only one of the big three, him, Hardman Hill, that actually put out tonight. And that's that's significant. We'll talk tomorrow more about... Some of the other guys who did, thats it's quite a lot to take in right now. We'll get the rewatch done. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Make sure that you uh, follow us along on Twitter. Let us know uh, your reactions, and we'll give you more tomorrow. Thanks for listening to us today. We'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com, where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.